You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, everyone. You're listening to episode 192 of the Blended Family Podcast. It's good to be back. I had to take a few weeks off. You know, I thought after the holidays that things would naturally slow down, but that just hasn't been the case. It's been busy. I actually had every intention of putting out a show last week, but we had a trip down south for a business conference, and it was just too much, but the conference was great. We went to Grant Cardone's 10X event. I don't know if you've all heard of it. But it was a really amazing experience, lots of business training. We learned a lot that we can apply to all of our businesses, and it really stretched our vision. And I have so many ideas for you all of content that I want to create for you moving forward. But one of the nuggets that really hit home with us is that if you want your family to have success, you've got to get everyone on the same page, both with your kids and as a couple. But I really feel that the kid part falls into place when you get the couple part right. And even though that makes a lot of sense, it's not always easy to achieve. So today I'm going to share with you 10 ways to make sure that you are showing up for your partner in your relationship. But first, a few announcements since it's been a while since I've done a solo show. The co-hosting shows. That's what's been going on lately. And It's really helped me so much these last few months. started out as a tool to help me in producing shows, but it's turned into something that I'm really enjoying, and I hope you are too, and I want to continue them. It's such a great way for you all to connect and learn more about each other. Some of you have ideas and tips that are helping other families too, and I'm planning on adding more of these solo shows like today as I can. But let's keep going with the co-hosting shows. As long as you're liking them, I don't know, are you? Send me some feedback. I'm curious to know if you like them. So far, the response has been great. But I really want to create content that you want too. But if you're interested in joining me for a show to co-host, just go to my scheduling link. There are a lot of options there. Choose the mini session. We'll have a little chat first. We'll talk. And then we'll set up a time to record. Now, I'm having a lot of fun with these. And... I really love getting a chance to have real conversations with my listeners. So I want to thank all of you who have already signed up for this. It's been truly amazing. And uh, so thank you. And let me know if you like them. Feedback, Melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Next, I thought it might be time to have another little chat about the Facebook group. This group now has lots of new members, and when that happens with any group, it can be a challenge to moderate all of the posts. I don't have time to read through everything there, and even if I read the original post, I really don't have time to go through the whole thread. So I really do rely on all of you to let me know if you see anything that doesn't fit in with what we stand for. Now, the rules of our group are posted in the pinned post at the top of the group page. I'll probably see about finding another place to post them to because I know some of you have said that you can't find them. But generally, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Just be a good person. Be nice. Don't be negative. Don't be mean. 
But overall, I'm really happy with the vibe there. But like I said, I'm not able to read everything. So please, please, if any of you see something negative, you've got to let me know because things like that left ignored could easily begin to change the vibe there and then people will leave and that's not what I want. I really want a different kind of a community. So that being said, I also want to let you know that there's a good possibility that you might know some other people in the group. See, I can't know who you all know. I can't tell if some of you have an ex in the group or an ex's partner. So this would be impossible for me to control for. Now, I don't want you leaving the group. I don't want that to discourage you. I just want you to be mindful when you post. So it's okay to talk about a situation or a concern that you need help with, but you should know that whatever you write can be seen by other members in the group, not on Facebook, but in that private group. So again, not to discourage you from sharing, but it's more of a reminder that when you do share, please be careful about how you're presenting a situation. That means to be honest and fair. We can present something without adding things to make someone look bad to other people. And it goes back to what we tell our kids, right? If you wouldn't say something to someone's face, then don't write it behind their back. And again, I'm not discouraging you all from sharing. I just want to remind you that although it's a private group, you might still know people that are there. So let's keep it a community that we all feel proud to be a part of. Um, I'm very proud of the community and I want it to stay that way. And I thank you in advance for helping me with that. And I thank people who already have. Some of you have reported posts. It's not very often, uh, but it does happen. So thank you. All right. So this is a new segment that I'm adding to the show. It's your blended family finance tip of the week. I'm just going to add these little nuggets every week for you since financial stress is a major concern in all families, but especially those that are blended. And I told you I'm not going to turn this into a finance show, but having a small couple of minute segment every week that can help you with little tips, I think might help. So, of course, if there is a topic here about finance that you want me to cover, just let me know. This week, I want to talk about having an emergency fund. One of the things we help our clients with is to establish an emergency fund because it's not if an emergency comes up, it's when, right? We've all been there. I remember years ago when my son was learning to drive, he drove the car right through our garage door and we rent. So, obviously, it needed to be replaced. And he didn't just dent it where we could still use it. It was completely broken. But luckily for us at that time, we had that fund. And so we didn't have to stress. I mean, the situation was stressful enough on its own. But knowing that we didn't have to find $2,000 was really helpful. But then over the years, we drained our fund. And we, our fault, we were irresponsible to replenish it. And we felt that pain really strongly when a new emergency came up, which is often in our home. My daughter had a car accident and we were left to beg and borrow to come up with some money. Another time I needed a root canal, that went on the credit card. And let me tell you, debt, that's a conversation for another day. But we don't want to be getting into debt because of emergencies. We don't want to have to put an emergency on the credit card and we don't want to have to borrow money Worse of anything is to go to a place like Amscot, places that charge you a lot of interest when you have, and you have to give it back usually the next week and then you can never get ahead. So the rule of thumb is you want to have three to six months of expenses in your fund. 
Now, I don't know what your expenses are, but you're going to want to add up all of the expenses every month that you pay out and then multiply that by three to six. I mean, start with three. And then once you get your three month, then you can start working it up to six month. Don't be overwhelmed by the number. Just slowly start adding to it. 10% of your income is generally what we recommend to save overall, but not just towards your emergency, just overall. But I know that sometimes even 10% can be hard to do when you have lots of expenses and kids. So anything is better than nothing here. I don't care if it's just 10 or $20 a week, but at least it's going to get you into the habit of putting something to the side. And once something becomes a habit, you'll start doing it all the time. And eventually you'll reach your goal with consistency. But imagine the relief knowing that you have that cushion in case of a lost job, a slow month in business, an accident, broken appliances, a leaking roof, or an expensive car repair. So that is your finance tip of the week. Start establishing your emergency fund if you haven't already. And if you need some guidance or help in the finance department of your life, we can help. Again, just schedule a free financial review with me at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule. You'll see that option there. There is no cost ever to help you get a roadmap to get your finances in order. And I'm really enjoying being able to add this to my toolbox for you all. I really love to help. So let me know what I can do for you there. Okay, so let's get into today's topic. It's Valentine's Day this week. So I wanted this week's focus to be about you as a couple. How are you showing up for your partner? You know, many of us think we just need to show up 50% of the time, right? If I'm putting in 50 and you're putting in 50, well, then that's 100%. But no, this is so wrong. We need to each be putting in 100%. Now, there are going to be times when one of you is down, sick, depressed, stressed out, whatever. When one person in the couple is down, they might only be able to show up that week 25% of the time or maybe not at all. So then it's up to the other partner to show up more. That's why I say 100% each, all the time, when you can. I mean, that's the goal. I know it isn't always possible. One of the things that I know Sean and I do, and it just kind of naturally occurs with us, is that when one of us is down, the other tries extra hard to show up in the areas that are needed. There are times that I'm depressed or tired or overworked. And those times I notice Sean will go the extra mile to make sure things are taken care of around the house. He'll know if I'm unable to do it. And likewise with him, when he's under tremendous pressure, let's say from the kids, I try to make sure that I'm emotionally supportive to him. Listen, it's our responsibility in our relationships to lift one another up. It's our responsibility to notice the areas that our partner's struggling with and to compensate for that by showing up extra in those areas. Unfortunately, we don't always see this happening. I see many times where partners get frustrated with the other one when they're down. But how is this helpful? Come on, you're depressed again. Why are you in such a bad mood? The things that we say to each other instead of being supportive, right? Some of you might say, well, my partner never meets me halfway, and so why should I be the only one to try? But no, you need to be the change you want to see in your relationship. Start showing up. 
more. Eventually, your partner will follow suit. Instead of worrying about what your partner can do for you, start worrying about what you can do for your partner. And so today I have 10 ways for you that you can show up in your relationship. So number one, have patience with your partner. It's so easy to lose patience when you see your partner doing something that you don't agree with. Maybe they're not handling a situation the way you think it should be handled. Patience is something that lots of people struggle with. We often don't have patience for our kids. But when we extend that lack of patience to our partners, we can make them feel like one of our children instead of an equal partner. So you really need to be mindful of that. Have patience. Number two, make time for your partner. Carving out time for your relationship when you're already managing work and a blended family, it can be a real challenge, I know. But if you don't nurture your relationship, it's going to suffer. You have to plan the date nights. You have to have some alone time together. And you need time for intimacy too. It's easy to just say that you don't have time. And you know what? You're never going to have time. It's not just going to show up for you. You have to schedule it in. You have to schedule the date nights, schedule the trips, maybe an overnight somewhere if you can once in a while. If you can't, you can still find time together. Put the phone down and talk, even if it's the last 10 minutes before you each go to bed. Time is one of those things that we can't get back, so we need to make it count. And most of us, we just don't manage it properly. Don't we all have the same 24 hours in a day? So why is it that some people have no trouble at all managing time and others can't find the time to do anything? It's all about how Do you prioritize it? How are you scheduling? And what are you really, really making time for? Because listen, there's a lot of time that's wasted on social media and TV. I recently stopped looking at my phone in the morning because the first thing I would do in the morning is roll over, grab my phone, check my messages, check my emails, check Facebook. Well, 30 minutes would go by and then I'd be running out the door for work wondering where did the time go? So just last week, I started to say, you know what, I'm not going to look at my phone until I'm ready for work. And voila, I just added a whole 30 minutes every morning to my time. So really saying that we don't have time isn't really accurate. It's, it's how are you managing the time that you have? That's all you can do. So make sure that you're making time for your partner as well as the other things in your life. Okay, number three, you should be your partner's biggest cheerleader. Don't we all get a little beat up? and a little defeated sometimes when we're out in the world. So when we come home to our partner, we need extra support because of all the negativity that we receive from everywhere else. So when your person comes home, are you lifting them up? Are you supporting them in their career? Are you supporting them as a parent? If you're not, then who is? And if your partner gets down, then that affects you both, doesn't it? Now, I'm not saying to be fake, but is it really hard to tell them that you're proud of them? Is it hard to point out something that they're doing right or how hard they're working or how amazing you think they are sometimes? I know that for me, Sean is my biggest cheerleader. And we joke about it too because, well, half of the compliments he gives me, I don't really believe. I'm always like, well, of course you think that about me because you love me. But it does help to hear how proud he is of me. We build up our children, don't we? So why 
don't we try to build up our partner? Do we think that adults don't need the support too? Because we all do. And it's really meaningful when it comes from the one person that we chose to share our life with. So make sure that you are being very supportive to your partner. Number four, be present when you're together. Going back to when I said make time for one another, well, what good is making time when you're there but you're not present? See, we can all be together, but if we're distracted, it's really pointless. And with the way things are now, most of us are walking through life not being very present at all. There are constant distractions, constant stressors, and it makes it very hard. And I can't tell you how many times Sean and I catch one another not listening. We'll sit at night in bed and watch TV and he'll be on his iPad and I'll be on my computer and we'll talk to one another. But do you know how many times we've caught each other not listening? We'll bring something up later that we that we said and he'll say, well, I didn't hear you say that. And I'm like, well, we just had this whole conversation before in the bed and, and I'm just as guilty of it too because he's caught me not listening several times. I think that as parents, we're so used to tuning out our kids that we end up tuning out our partners too sometimes. And I'm not saying we should tune out our kids, but it just kind of naturally happens because we have to filter out some of the whining sometimes and some of the unnecessary stuff. So anyway, practice being present with your partner. It's not as hard as you think. Listen when they talk. Actually listen. Put the phone down. Look into their eyes. Engage with them. If you do decide to go to dinner one night, stay off of your phone. If you go on a date, really enjoy one another. Keep your mind on the date, not at home with the kids. I know our minds are full with everything we have going on in life, so it's hard not to think about all of those things. But those stresses and challenges are still going to be there after your time together with your partner. Remember before I said time is so important, if you live your life being distracted and not present, you're going to miss a lot that life has to offer. So be present. Okay, number five, be a good communicator. So people often forget when they communicate that it also means listening. Didn't we, well, we're born with two ears and one mouth, right? So that's maybe because we're supposed to listen a little bit more than we talk sometimes, but we forget that. And some of us only want to do the talking and we want the other person to listen. So, and the other part of listening too is, Listen to understand, not only to respond. That's the other thing is a lot of us, we're kind of half listening, but we're thinking about what we're going to say next. Well, that's not really helpful because then you're only listening partially. You're not really listening to everything that they're saying. So pay attention to what your partner is saying, to what they need, to how they feel. So part of being a good communicator, aside from listening, is to watch what you say and how you say it. Are you being mindful of how you communicate? Are you communicating at all? Lots of times we communicate wrong, but in many cases we don't communicate enough. Your partner is not a mind reader. They don't know what you're thinking if you don't express it. So don't get upset at your partner over something that you haven't tried to talk to them about. Don't we always think, well, huh, my spouse should just know how I feel? No, they don't. Both partners in a couple are responsible for communicating in a healthy way. You should be able to tell your partner anything as well as you should be able to hear anything from them. 
that is a good way to show up for them. And you all know how often I bring up the importance of communication. I bring it up all of the time. And it's no different here. If you really want to show up for your partner, you've got to communicate well. It's really everything. Okay, number six, don't be a nitpick. When we're with the same person for some time, we tend to get irritated at the little things that they do wrong. Maybe they leave toothpaste in the sink or they drink from the milk container. Maybe they make a mess in the car. Maybe they have an annoying habit like biting their nails or chewing with their mouth open. Keep in mind that you might have some too that annoy your partner. So can we overlook these? We all aren't perfect. Is it really important to point out the flaws of our loved ones? When you fell in love with them, did you notice those little irritations then? Or you're just noticing it now? We get comfortable with people. But there are greater things to worry about than the little things that your partner does that you don't like. And it really doesn't make us feel good when others point out our flaws. Concentrate on the important issues and learn what you can overlook for the benefit of your relationship. Nitpicking, nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. It causes fights, it causes tension, and it really just brings down your partner's self-esteem. Okay, number seven, stop applying pressure. Okay, so I am going to admit right now that this is the one that I'm really guilty of, and I am actively trying to work on it. I'm recognizing where I'm going wrong here. Lots of times we apply pressure to our partner because we think they should be handling their parenting a certain way. We all think we know what's best, which is normal. We all have our own opinions, and that's totally okay. But when we try to force our opinions on our partner when it's not their viewpoint, we aren't really showing up for them because they need to figure out how to handle things their way. And I do this to Sean all the time. See, his kids only came to live with us full-time a couple of years ago, where I've had my kids full-time all the way up until they were each 13. So, of course, I try to tell him that he needs to do things the right way, which is my way, of course. Well, it's taken me a minute to realize how unfair I'm being. And who says it's the right way just because it's my way? Maybe that was the right way for me. But it's unfair to do that to him. And I am applying so much pressure to him because if he feels that if, if he doesn't do it the way I want him to, then I'm going to be upset. And then he feels that if he does do it the way I want him to, then maybe the kids will be upset. And he certainly can't make us all happy at the same time. And honestly, the kids already put enough pressure on him as all kids do. And life has a way of applying its own pressure. So the last person in the world that he needs to feel pressure from is his wife. And I'm starting to recognize that. But it's really up to me to work on it and to be mindful of it. And that's just the pressure of parenting. There are other ways that people put pressure on their partners too. And it's not helpful. So you need to learn how to be a support to your partner, not pressure. Number eight, don't keep score. One of the biggest ways to show up for your partner is to stop keeping score. Stop pointing out and remembering like a tally in some game, every mistake they made, every argument when they were wrong, every time they fell short as a partner, every time you were right. Love isn't a game, so don't treat it that way. How many mistakes have you made? And do you want everyone to remember every one of them? Do you want your partner to bring up your mistakes every time you have an argument? This is cruel 
and it's damaging to your relationship, we all do things wrong. And that's how we learn not to do them again, hopefully, right? There's no need to keep a running score of who's been right and who's been wrong and how often, unless your goal is to treat your relationship like a competition, which I definitely don't think is a healthy way to treat a relationship. But if you want growth and if you want a lasting relationship, you've got to learn to let go and move on. If you had a problem and you resolved it, erase it. Don't keep bringing it up every time a new problem comes up because it's just not fair. Okay, number nine, don't compare your partner to others. I don't care who it is, an ex, a coworker, a family member. Now, lots of us don't do this outright. Like we don't say, oh, you should be more organized like my sister or you should learn to be better with your money like my ex. Oh God, please don't say anything like that. But see, most people don't say those things out loud, but they do think them. And thinking them, although it might not hurt your partner, right, because they're not aware of what you're thinking, it is still hurting your relationship because your perception of them is being damaged. You fell in love with your partner, so stop trying to make them into someone else. Stop hoping they could be like someone else. That's not going to get them to change. The best way to get someone to change is to make them feel loved and supported. And if they want to make a change, they will. Can't force these things. But if in your mind you're only comparing them to someone else, then how can you be supportive? Life is a journey and we all have our own path. So give your partner room to be themselves. That is who you fell in love with, right? Don't compare. Don't compare. Number 10, always have their back, always, always, always have their back. Even if you don't agree, have their back. If you can't count on your partner, then who can you count on? Listen, we all love our kids, but can we really count on them? Can we always count on our friends? Can we count on family? Not always. People in life are always going to let us down. People are going to hurt us. See, we need to know that no matter how the world beats us down, that our partner is there for us, to stand up for us when we're wrong, to lift us up when we're down, to protect us when we need it. You should protect your partner like you protect your kids. And I don't mean just physical protection. I mean emotional protection. You should be ready to defend them at any cost when in front of others. In private, if you don't agree with them, then go ahead and have a conversation about it. But everyone should know that you have their back when you're out in the world. And that's with parenting too. Have your partner's back in front of the kids. If you disagree on your parenting, that is something that should be discussed behind closed doors. Otherwise, those kids will learn how to divide and conquer and they will do it quickly and successfully. Always have your partner's back. So those are my 10 tips that I think are really important for you to show up for your partner. And let me repeat them for you. And of course, they're going to be in the show notes. Once again, those are have patience with them, make time for them, be their biggest cheerleader, be present with them when you're together, be a good communicator, don't nitpick, stop applying pressure, don't keep score, don't compare them to others, and always have their back. You know, not everyone has a partner Some people wish they could find someone to share their life with. 
Some people are spending Valentine's Day alone this year. Don't take your person for granted. It's something that we all do sometimes, right? Because our person is the one who's always there. They're going through the stresses of life with us. And there are times when life gets so hard that we forget the importance of taking the time to recognize the beauty of having a person to go through the stresses with. You didn't fall in love to be with someone half-heartedly. You didn't get into a relationship so that you could be there only 50% of the time. So I challenge all of you today, and myself too, to start showing up 100%. So what kind of changes can you make today to start showing up for your partner? Which of my tips do you already do? And which do you fall short on? And then... Have your partner listen to this episode too. That way you're both on the same page. I know that the most important job for us right now is making sure that we raise our children right. But if you neglect to place focus on your relationship, when the kids grow up, what will your relationship look like? That's even if you still have one. Relationships don't run themselves. They take effort and attention. And let's not forget, kids love to see happy, fulfilled parents who set an example to them of what love and relationships should look like. So please enjoy your husband, your wife, your partner this Valentine's Day. But like I say every year, don't let it be the only day of the year that you do that. It's a merchant's holiday. The real gift to your loved one is to remember them every day throughout the year by showing up for them. I hope this was helpful and that you have some takeaways from today's show. Feedback, questions, or topic ideas can be sent to me, melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Don't forget, you can also now send me questions surrounding finance too. Let's continue the conversation over in the Facebook group over at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. All of the links I mentioned are always available in the show notes if you can't write them down. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. It feels good to be back. Have an amazing week. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.